0: The in the grain on my short. The fella in the grain on my short. The, the,
1: the good man on the bench
2: Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself Roy Shanahan as always Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com and we're delighted to be joined today by former Wexford manager Brian O'Sullivan Brian welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast
0: uh, it's lovely to join,
2: lads. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we're, we're delighted to have you on. Yeah. Uh, it's great to get uh, a lot of different opinions from around the league, and the league's so important to us all, and football is so important to us all. We need to share the voices around. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about your time because I know you, you, you've gone through a lot of Leinster senior league clubs in, yeah. in your your progression with uh, your coach and badges and stuff, and that led you on to Wexford. So maybe tell us a little bit about that journey.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Um... I first got into coaching um, through a man called Frank Price. He was coaching me with Francis when we were in the League of Ireland with St. Francis. Um, he got me involved in a, in a soccer academy up in Tallaght in coaching. And uh, when I was playing with Francis, playing up in, Dund- uh, up in Dundalk, I got a bad injury. I was out for about two years after, I think, with, a, with an ankle injury. So I just I just picked up coaching then probably about 22, 23, with the idea of hoping to get back. Uh, It was a time when Francis went with the merger with uh, St. Pat's. Uh, I don't know if you would have remembered it. And uh, we were invited to go back with the under-21s then. I was still under, I still was 19 when I was playing with Francis. And um, so I was hoping to go back with that, but it it never happened to the injury. And as I said, I got involved with Frank on on a soccer academy up in Tallah. And then from there, I got involved with um, Belgrove under-21s. When Pete Mann was involved with Belgrove, they set up a 21 team, uh, which played in the League of Ireland. So uh, Mick Hayes was the manager, and um, I just got involved through Mick then. And it just started ever since then. When I did get back playing, I kind of was kind of playing around the same level. I was coaching at that, the Senior League, and I was coaching. It was the two, two. It didn't work out, and I just enjoyed the coaching, and, and, and I stuck with it probably a little bit too soon, if I'm being honest. When I look back now, I should have kept playing. But look, hindsight's a great thing. So it started off with Belgrove. Um And we were out there, it was a great club And from the 21s I went with the senior team It was really good senior team Pete, they, they just won the Intermediate Cup And they won the Leinster Senior League uh, First Division And um, Pete actually went to UCD And I went um, in with Tootsie Out with Belgrove And uh, so I was there for about a year Or two years at, at, at Belgrove Maybe even a little bit longer So I went over to um, America coaching In Major League Soccer Camps. I think it was two year, two years over there, two nine month periods. It, it was, and I just came back then and I got involved then in a couple of other Leicester Senior League teams and local teams around Waterford. Um, look, I worked with some good people over the years. When I was managing Tremor, I worked Alfie Hale was the assistant manager.
2: Okay,
1: yeah.
0: Alfie, Alfie was a great man, um, unbelievable knowledge of the game. You know, like people talk about coaching badges. Alfie had no coaching badge, um, but he was probably the best I ever ever came across. With I worked with Alan Reynolds as well. We were with uh, Trémore uh, Rennie was with Derry at the time as well, I was managing him. Uh, Rennie was the coach uh, out in Tremor, he played with us as well, um, worked with, as I said, Pete Mann up in Dublin, John Gill out in Malahoyd. Um, still worked with some fantastic managers over the years I did, you know, and look, I managed myself for, for, for a good number of years with, with Tremor and uh, one or two clubs up around um, in Leinster Senior Leagues. I think the last club I was with then up there was Bluebell, um, smashing side, Andy Nierman was the manager and um, just some really good players, all, all ex-League of Ireland players up there and got some really good runs in the, in the Cubs. They won the league that year, Bluebell, um, but some really good good players up there, you know, like Bocker was up there, Andy McNulty, um, Willow McDonough, he was over in, um, in Carlisle, these kind of fellas, Keith Quinn, there's a, there's a lot of ex-League of Ireland players, you know, so it was a good, uh, it was a good environment to be in you know, um, you're winning every week, you are. But then I went back down to, to Waterford and the Wexford job just just cropped up and I, and I applied for it. Um, Initially, I think they went with someone else at the start and um, he'd done a U-turn, so I, I was offered a job and I went into Wexford and look, I suppose when you when you leave or you get sacked like I did and there was a lot of good people up in Wexford on the committee and chairman especially, was great for me and I never thanked them. Because we, we, we haven't really spoke since. Well, I went back with that and we spoke. But to this day, I'd be, um, you know, in, endeavoured for, for, for giving me an opportunity in League of Ireland. I know it's down around the first division. they are losing most weeks. But still an opportunity. There's only 20 jobs in League of Ireland. And yeah. it was it, it, it was an opportunity to get in. And I never thanked the club. I didn't. Um, because there's just the nature of the way things ended up. Um, but I still have a lot of friends up there. And I wish them well. And, you um, you know that said, um, it was the toughest thing, toughest two years I've ever went through and uh, I think I went through the whole journey with the chairman and um, I'm absolutely delighted the way Reiner's done is doing his business up there now and, and they're doing really well um now I hope they don't win friday against my local side water i
1: was only thinking
0: but um going back to the chairman like like they never lied to me up there they didn't like like there was no secret there was literally no money in there people talk like they're they, they don't have money we didn't have money the first few years like we weren't paying pl- players uh i think four or five lads in my first year were getting expenses the rest weren't um the second year was it was pretty much the same so we had to go in and we had to change the environment of the club like there was lads that wouldn't train the first year, we call training sessions off towards the end of the year, you've heard the stories, people going looking for training grounds, you don't know where you're training, that was us, we didn't know how many numbers, we, we'd have a train and lads were pulling out of training sessions it was the toughest thing, Breener was leaving one week, I'd be leaving the next week, he'd be leaving I'd be leaving, and uh, we just kept each other in it, and obviously with, with the chairman, Sean O'Shea um, I, I found him great, and as I said, like he always said to me, you wouldn't get sacked out of this job, but I think we know that's a line out <laughs> But um, no, I can't look, believe you
2: uh, fell for that one. Yeah. <laughs> look, but, but,
0: but you know what? Like, um, I, I really am. They are great people up there. Look, they, they, they literally didn't have money. The hands were tied. There was no secret though, in fairness, they always had my, my corner and it was just about keeping the club alive for the first few years. The third year, we did get a little bit of money. Again, it would have been the smallest in the league Um, but there was a little bit there to, to improve and, Reiner, what we would have gave Reiner to what we took over was night and day. You know, we had a settled training facility. It was a good facility. The culture of the club had changed. There's good lads up there. Do you know, obviously he's gone out and got, got a little bit better. Look, I think the club have invested this year and I think they needed to do that. And it's great to, 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 to see him um, being able to get the players in, you know. And, and I think the fans up there deserve it. They've gone through a, a hard time. But everybody in the club has gone through a hard time. But look, as I said, I'd like to thank him. I'd like to wish him well um, going forward, like so. So, but but it was hard.
2: Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And and there's a lot of clubs around the league that are on a shoestring, and uh, I don't think a lot of people know that. A lot of the fans probably no. don't know that either. Uh, we'll move, we'll talk about that a little later because we we'll be talking about it at Longtown yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, what was the the major difference that you seen when going from Leinster Senior into the League of Ireland?
0: Well, if I'm being honest with you, when, when I was at some Leicester senior league teams, they were ran better than Wexford when we went in. Like we, lads weren't training. We, like, you know, facilities, we were hopping. We were in Carlow. we were in Waterford, we were in Wexford, we were in Arklow We were jumping around. We were, um, put, like like the likes of when we were with Malahide, lads trained, lads were always there. And it was a little bit of a shock when we went in and um, lads weren't training. You know, uh, they always had an excuse, to, you know, and so we, we had to do a proper overhaul in, in, in the second year we were there and we, we we obviously had a lot of local as the first year um and that didn't work unfortunately didn't work so you, you want to have local lads so we obviously had to go into Dublin and, and we, we came up with an idea we'd work off we tried to get the best of the 19s while we could we tried to get lone players and we pick up a few experienced players and in fairness to us in the second year we started off really really well and any bit of bad luck we could we could have we actually had like we started off the season flying. I think we were we were fourth or fifth. And um then COVID came and we came back we did and our top four was um Connor English, Kaleem Simon, uh uh King and uh can't think of the other winger. Who was the other winger? Connor English was was one Kaleem. And I think we lost three we played at loan, and First game back, we lost three of them. Cleen went to England. Uh, Keen, Keen ended up going back playing local football to to work or uh, whatnot. Connor English picked a bad injury up, and the fourth one I was trying to think of was Ola. We signed Ola, and uh, it was a dual registration, uh, and he uh, and he couldn't play. So that was three of the four uh, lads that we had up top that were just gone straight away after the fifth game. Like, and we didn't have players to replace them, and uh, we couldn't go out and sign lads because. You just couldn't at, at, at the time. And then we started picking up injuries and it just it just went downhill and we just had some really bad results. We had a paper tin, uh squad and we were playing Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday and we were going to extra time in games and, and stuff and we'd play some real guerrillas we did and we just picked up a lot of injuries. And then it was just makeshift team and it just was back to square one then, you know, and it was such a promising start.
2: And at, we this, got... at, at this stage and in, into your term, what was the talk from the chairman what was the talk from you know the board people around you was it positive was it was it always positive i suppose
0: no look, look you can't be positive down there let's be honest like you're getting better every week it's hard you you, you you're, you're not paying lads lads come to you they, they have to go into work you know what, what do you do like um get rid of them but you get rid of them and who do you bring in you know, so it's, it's, it's just, it's cash 22 up there. But the second year, it started off real positive. Like, we, we, we brought lads into pre-season, went well. We drew with shells. We played Warford. It was a good game. I think it was 3-1 to Warford. Um, we had a couple positive results in, in pre-season. But it was just, the 11 was decent. And then after that, it was just paper ten. it was. And lads coming in, it was a group of young lads going out. And when when when, when your back's up against and you have a lot of young lads out there, um you know, look, it just didn't work, it didn't, um, it just didn't work, and we, we had to get to the end of the season, and it just kept, it, things kept getting worse, suspensions, injuries, and then we were going into the 19s, you know, and it, it was just tough it was, and uh, but no, the talk from the chairman was, listen, they always said, look, we understand the job you have here you know, that, um, don't be worrying about it. Like I get a phone call after a bad defeat. Look, keep the head up. Don't be worrying about it. You're doing your best. They looked, they, Shawnee turned around to me and he said, look, we, we're kind of embarrassed as well here. Like we're embarrassed what we're paying you. We're embarrassed what not paying the players. We're slightly embarrassed. He said, But well, our hands are tied, Brian. The club just don't have money. Sponsorships coming in. There was no crowds. Um, you know there was a lot, lot going against the club. Like, like I, I look back at it, the, the the time and people might laugh at it, and it, like it was just to save the club. And then uh, in year three, look a little bit of money come in. And, and for Rhino, you can tell there's there's been a little bit of investment. in. you see the training ground, the gear they're wearing, the buses they're travelling on. Like we were driving the games, we couldn't we couldn't get a bus. Uh, and to be fair to some of the players, they paid it out of their own pocket. Right. Uh, own, you know, and. Um, even To get pizzas at it after a game it was tough, there was just no money there. But the lads all bought into it, you know, and, and, and it was an opportunity for them. Um, the play league of Ireland was an opportunity for myself, it, it was, but it was just extremely tough. And and, and the, the, look, the board always had your back, they had, and they always encouraged you to just to keep going and, and stick at it, like you know. And and, and that's why, why I thank them, um, to this day, like you know, it, it, it was tough. and. Even in year three then, look, there was a little bit of money, as I said, gone in. And, and um, you know, I remember Rennie, I was talking about Reynolds and uh, the budget was this up to December. And then it went, kept going up a little bit in in, um, in January. I remember Rennie said to me, you know, stick with me, he goes, your buddy, he said, you don't get off to a good start, they'll get rid of you. Because they don't care how they gave you the how they gave you the, the thing, they'll only look up what they have. And I said, Rennie, it's still probably the smallest in the league, he said, I know, but they won't care. You know, and he, and he was right, like, you know, and the club would looked at, at that, where I would have wanted all the budget in the end of September. What well, we have, we, we go out and get players, but it kept going on. It was good in one sense, the money kept coming in. Now the money kept, it was 100 here and 100 there. And it, it kept coming in, you know, and, uh, but, you know, it was, it was it was all handed to us in, in, in January. And then, look, I, I kind of wanted out after the Atlone game, and chairman kept me in it, and UCD game, I wanted to leave. Um and he kept me in it and we had a chat about bringing players in in Jan in in the window and he was asking me who do you want and I was like who who do we get and I said look is there any point going down to Cork and he said look Brian just go down he said you, you don't know what'll happen he said we get to the window we get players in we understand and and look obviously the social on on social media it it obviously went into meltdown after losing seven seven games in 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 a row and uh, look I was done anyway I didn't want to be there actually regretted going yeah. back in. In the third year, I didn't want to go back and um, I had one or two offers, coaching jobs and um, I, I probably would have been better off taking them. But look, it's... Um, it but was, like it, it everything was,
2: oh. in life, uh, Brian, it's an experience and you and you, you will bring that with you and you'll be the better for it in the long run. Uh, uh, so when you go and take another job, I know you went on to Athlone to help out in, in Athlone. Uh, you're going... From they say the frying pan into the fire because it's a very similar kind of club which has, uh, should be bigger than it is. Um, it's a it's a club that has its own area, has the own people, has football around them that should be probably doing better. Should should have that kind of local camaraderie. Um, and Wexford, I'm not sure. I'm gonna come back to you about the Wexford what, what football is like, but just with Athlone. Is that felt down there? Is Does it feel like that, that everyone's pulling together in, in that no. club? Because there seems to be, as we had a discussion last week, 14 managers in 10 years is absolutely ridiculous. And it just doesn't seem that the board are working or have a plan uh, in place.
0: Yeah, look, you can say that about a lot of League of Ireland clubs, you know, but... Um... I just think on that loan, they have a smashing stadium. They have. Yeah. you know, look. Yeah. And how many them I talked about that loan, you always think of AC Milan, and they've had good teams over the years, and they're good football people up there. They've got good fans up there. But uh, I only went up for a short time. I went up with for, I was only up there for a month with with Cabsie And um, look, it's it's it is a hard place. It, it is. He said forty managers in in ten years, probably going into the fifteenth, and obviously then they would have had interim managers over the years um look I, I went up and um yeah look it, it was an eye opener up there, Adrian had his hands full like um I, I just think from where Adrian started, like we finished joint bottom with with that loan the year before, and Adrian had him up around the top of the table and in around the playoff. And um, obviously they would, they wanted more, you know, and they they expected more. But even if they went up two or three places, let them, let them there, let them build on it, bring players in. He probably would have kept the majority of the lads that were there last year or this year. He would have lost a couple. He would have brought a couple in. But I think they would have had, had a better side and, and be more stability there. Um, but look, he he just had his hands full up there, Adrian, he did. And, and it was just unfortunate it's unfortunate for him because if anyone knows that that the lad he's absolutely a gentleman, you know what I mean. I think the players all like him. I don't I, like he's um. I, I never seen him hammering a player up there. I never seen him crucify a player. He got on great with players. He was a good man manager. He was, um. You know, it was disappointing probably season way it ended out for the lads because there's some good players up there. Derek Daly Duna, you know what I mean. Um. Gary Comanford keeper slingerman. So they had good players up there. Killian Cantwell, um. Give me a man I like think,
1: McCauley that came in through late, late on the season. He, he's a smashing player as well on his day.
0: Yeah, he is. Like, you know, when you had goal Sports up there, you had, had Barnesy up there, you know, you had you had good players. But for me, it's, it's just about backing the manager. You, you back him, you leave him there, you get to the end of the season, you try to give as much money as you can, keep what players you want, get rid of what players, you know, and go again the, 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 the year after. Um, But they just didn't do that. I, I think it looked. It, I think the board or the committee might find it hard working with managers. They might want them to interfere a little bit much. Now that's just me shooting from the hip, and um, because look, I, I work in sales, I do, um, and uh, I have relationships with managers, and you have to have good relationships. You have to trust them, you, and you work through things. When you when you come up against a problem, the answer isn't to sack somebody; mm. it's just to work through it. And um, like they they've gone for experience, they've gone for people with a first time job. Nothing seems to work. Like Paul Doolin went in there, he was crying out for a job. He went in, he done well. But Paul, Paul obviously didn't want to stay. Um, you know, and he he's up in uh, he's up the north now doing doing new areas and great manager. And they brought Martin in, and I, I don't know is there money there or, or not. I don't know Martin There's no but...
2: money there. I know for a fact that there was no money there at all. He and those there players offered in the, the, uh, with little or no financial repercussions, and they still couldn't take them in. I, I think there was little or nothing.
0: Pardon. So and, and I have to agree with you because when Martin came in up to up to, up to December, they weren't signing players and no disrespect yeah. to some of the lads they were signing, they were signing lads off obviously Ryan wouldn't wouldn't didn't want that at Wexford and, and they wouldn't have been getting paid there. And, and you know they'd be pulling lads out of um other other areas underage things, they aren't getting paid and, and it, it looked like the budget went into three or four or five lads up there, the like the senior players, they signed young lads. And then obviously in January they were scraping around for, for players. Like I spoke to Jack Doherty after after Martin got uh, sacked and Jack Doherty told me he was probably one of the best managers he played with. Jack was over with Ipswich, he was a schoolboy international and he sings high praises of uh, of Martin. You know, he just he just didn't have the players there. But but look, he probably wanted to be out of a Martin. You know, he, he he it's not nice losing games. But again, for me, look, you're down around the bottom, like you're playing Galway, Waterford and Cork so if you have no budget write them games off you're not getting out of them because they're full-time teams and then the teams in around you if you don't have the same budget as them like you're not that much like you know like just leave Martin there like no one's laughing at the club or laughing at people there let Martin work there if he wanted to stay I'd let him stay and just keep backing him like he's there for three or four years in the same situation so be it because I, I always say that um What's going on in the pitch is a reflection of what's going on in the boardroom. Let us be honest. We all know the best players, including yourselves, lads, in the league. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. a secret. It's not a secret. You know what I mean? To get team to get team fit and organised, it's not hard. Honestly, give me give me the good players. You know what I mean? It, and, and and that's what it is like. But the problem is when you go out and you're offering the last fifty or hundred euro, they're not coming. You know? Like I could tell you, lads. I, I remember I have a cousin, Desi Hutchinson. He came back from Brighton. And uh, I rang as he, but we knew we'd never get him. You know what I mean? He went to Waterford and he's playing J now, but there was never, never a chance of getting him. Like you know, even what, 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 what we're offering. So we went after fellas like that, Derek Daly, um, lads in in Waterford, Matt Mac Mac Connors, um, uh, Dean Dean O'Halloran. We went after all these fellas, but they just wouldn't come because there was no money there up at Wexford, and it's extremely hard and your hands are tied. So. Look, I, I going back to myself, when I was glad to get out of it. Like, you know, like you look back and you say to yourself, look, all, all the time I stayed with Wexford through sure, the hard times, went, you know, and your, your weekends are ruined. They come up against it. The first time they come up against it then, and, and they sack you. You yeah. know, you kind of look at that. And, and people talk about loyalty in the game. A friend of mine I grew up with, he was St. Mirror manager, and he went to Aberdeen, and the abuse he got online, saying there's no, oh, he's this, he's that. And I'm thinking, I goes yeah, but... Down the road they'll sack him if he's he not doing yeah. what he wants. They'll sack him. They got, yeah. He's he's doubled the contract or tripled the contract. He's gone to about more secure. He's got a family. He, he's got you know all that kind of stuff. So why would there be loyalty in it when 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 they do that to you? Like I just think um I just look at clubs and 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 the boardroom might be their failings and and they try they, they sack managers and um you know and and, and, and try to push along the managers if it's his fault. You know yeah. when
2: really. Well, yeah, that's that. normally the way it is. I mean, as you said, if if if, if it's not being worked on and uh, in the background, if things aren't clicking and there's no plan, well, it's very hard to get the plan out on the pitch right. Um, yeah. I, I've, We've seen it with loads of clubs and the likes of Athlone and Wexford. Uh, I'm very interested to know, because you'll have a, a better in, knowledge than me on this. What, how are they with linking up with the clubs that are around them? The footmen I Wexford have the whole of Wexford. Athlone have that whole area there as well. So they really should be, they should have the locals all craving to, to, you know, the the young teams wanting to get into the youth teams in Athlone and there doesn't seem to be any sort of connection or any sort of pathway.
0: You see, um, on that one, the, like with the, with the community up there we went up, it, it was broken. The club knew it. There was... Um, like David Breen and myself, Breen would have played with with the likes of um, a couple of lads that would have played with Wexford and 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 they be with the local clubs up there. And we went to and we we met a couple of them. They said, "Listen, lads, not, nothing against you. We're just not going to go up up to the club. Um, it's broken up there. It's broken. They really need to start working on the uh, uh, with the community. Maybe they have now since I've left." um but no look there's there's no relationship particularly with the junior clubs up there um you we couldn't sign any of the, the the junior players and, and it's disappointing it is because you, you do need out look i look at a shane griffin i look keith darren power brian murphy eddie nolan six seven eight lads in the first team in, in warford and wexford they, they do need that they do need to engage with the the community but um, it was toxic. Um, it was toxic. My wife was she was on Twitter, and I t- I told her stop looking at it, stop telling me things, and I said just get off it. I said because, it's toxic. Now mm. it was the club. It, it, it was the club. It, it, it did take a lot of abuse online, and okay, it was tough for the for for the lads, the chairman, and, and and the other committee members, and and it was like it's not a nice environment to be in,
1: mm. and it
0: did filter in on on the players. Like we at times we were we were counselling some of the players. Like lads were coming and. Obviously, people who come and watch the game and, and they would be getting slaughtered online, you know, and, and and it wasn't right. Like these lads, look, the majority of them aren't getting paid. They're out just trying to make a. They make their way in the League of Ireland. Let's be honest, it's an opportunity for them trying to get picked up. Uh, look, it was a tough uh, situation for them to be in. Like a lot of them were, were all good players. If you had senior players around them, if you took the lads out, the younger lads out, and you play, played them with senior lads, I think a lot of them would have went on and done better. But yeah. the problem is, we've seven, eight, nine lads out of under 19 football, and it just didn't work, you know. And uh, but going back to the uh, the up there, no, they, they. When I was there, there was no relationship with. Um, Within the expert league and, and it was sad and, and a lot of them lads would have won the league uh spot murphy gary uh, delaney craig mccabe the list goes on up there but they have no interest in playing for the club and and, and, and it is sad
2: that is disappointing, and that's yeah, a fa- that's point. a failure for uh, quite a few clubs around the country. Yeah. Uh, I seen three, we had we were talking to Treaty United last year, and, and and that's something that they wanted to include. They wanted to include the community. They wanted to have yeah. that pathway through for players to get through to the senior team, and they wanted it to be the focal point. And I think that's a big thing uh, that yeah. uh, these teams should be doing. Yeah. Um, okay, Brian, we'll, uh, we'll we'll come back and talk a little bit more about you a little later on. Uh, yeah. Nathan, Conan Bourne discussed in an article today about Sligo finding it hard to attract players because they are in the West.
1: The age-old story, Roy, isn't it? Uh, Of the the, the plight of the West of Ireland. Um, For me, I don't know, it can be a bit of a cop-out sometimes. We've seen in the past with Sligo Rovers, especially in recent history, with likes of... Nick Cook and, and Ian Barraclough, they've attracted lads from all over the country. Now well, be it, This is when Sligo at the heights, you know, winning consecutive FBI Cups, winning league titles. The playing massive European games like the one of Rosenborg on the top of your head, which is a huge event down here at Sligo now. As well, something that you will notice with Liam Buckley in a lot of places he goes you know, being a Pat fan seen it myself, it's um I don't know if it's still a long-standing connection that he has, but there's a connection there between himself and a, a an agency group. the name doesn't skating out at top of my heads, and that's why you just see a bit of an influx. Like even there was time with Sligo like Rovers. I think this season he has like some Max, uh, Max Maddie and uh, Nando Poinacker, uh, two lads from New Zealand, uh, Jordan Hamden coming in from Canada. So we does seem to to pick up these little uh, hidden figures from from outside of Ireland. Um, that he seems to attract them, but in terms of lads coming and, out, Dublin... I mean,
2: Pienacker came from the Portuguese second league. Yeah, you know the second. Yeah, division,
1: and, and he's done so... brilliant. at us since he's came down, he's one of the better centre halves in the league this year. You know, we've seen him be New Zealand playing consistently at uh, international level. So yeah, for me, I think it always is a quick one. Uh, obviously, you have to track players down, whether that be with the standard of football, whether that be with European games or being successful and challenging. Because we have seen it before in the past, it's like of overs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brian, have you felt that? I know, obviously, with Wexford, it was going to be tough to get anyone down. So, But mm-hmm. with the likes of Sligo, re- really, I suppose, it becomes, as you were talking about, a budget. Uh, if you have the budget, they will come. Now, I do understand if you have the same budget as someone from Dublin, that you may very well lose out in that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah look, I'm sure that it is. I, I wouldn't know that, and, and I wouldn't try to... And I know about uh, the likes of Rovers and Sligo and these teams and what, what they're dealing with, but I, I'd imagine it is hard. Again, like Dublin, they're so lucky up in Dublin. Like if you had a budget of twenty grand a week up in Dublin, twenty grand a week over in, in, in Sligo, the one in Dublin would stretch a lot further. Um, mm. You know, you're cutting out the houses and, and stuff like that. So I'm sure it it is hard up there. But again, I'm sure they have a big budget. You know what I mean? Um, you know, look, managers, we, we, we all like to cry out about no budget and we need a bigger budget and try to put it onto the board and everything. And uh, But look, I'm sure he has his hands full, but at the same time, I'm sure he's dealing with a nice budget up there and he's got he's got a fine team up there, um, you know, and, and I think they'll be okay.
1: In yeah. fairness, to Sligo as well, while, while they don't have, you know, the backing of the likes of the St. Pats or uh, Shamrock Rovers in terms of a figure that pumps money into the club, the fundraising that goes on down here, it's, it's mm. absolutely ridiculous Like they are a credit to the community like, like boy, no, I actually live in Sligo myself and they get to see it on, on a first hand basis and it's its one of the one of the counties in the west of Ireland where football really does take a preference over GAA and it's, it's quite strange in that regard as well so in fairness to them, the community aspect and the community development in terms of fundraising for Sligo, why they don't have a financial backer, the, the, there is some it's a decent money that goes into the club in that regards.
2: Now we'll stick to the West because Galway United have also given us an update on their new academy facilities. Uh, it's going to be very exciting times, Brian, down in the West, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they're complaining they have no money down there. They have of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it, it is, and you know what? I went down and watched Galway. The, the other night against Waterford and looked a re, 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 real good side down there, do you know what I mean? But I do think it's the way forward is is invest the money into the Academy. Um because you look up at Pat's uh, I have was I seen Pat's play this year and last year they they sent a half seventeen. I think he signed now over yeah. in Italy somewhere.
1: James Abanco, yeah, on Deudinese.
0: Yeah, so the so the talent is there, like you know, and and they really need to invest in infrastructure and into in coaches and give the co- uh, the kids this contact time that, that that they need three four times a week with a match, and really invest into it. And I think you would see the rewards out of it, you know. Um, but it, it's great news it is. Look, I'm, I'm sure people around Galway are are not so happy with what's going to go on up there. But look, once they're sensible with the money, and uh, look, I'm for all in, investing into the youth academy and in into coaches and underage level because. I mean, that, that could save
1: the globe thousands going forward.
2: Absolutely. Nathan, you might be able to give us some details on it, will you?
1: Yeah, this is something we've been talking about for a few weeks now, isn't it, with, with the investment, uh, the takeover of the Comer brothers. And this is one aspect of it that we are really looking, like Brian was saying, the, the importance of investing into the youth academy and, and this new uh, proposed uh, facility. So they're looking at uh, it'd be newly built two-story sports center we're also going to see three football pitches and three actual astro-, astro pitches on site we're equipped with state-of-the-art floodlight systems we'll be also looking at two fully enclosed actual astro-, astro pitches that can be used in all weathers we'll also be looking at a fully enclosed football dome with a uh, state-of-the-art dressing rooms and seating facilities they'll be looking to build an embankment for hill training so this is all going to be on to uh, the site in Athenry in Galway. It's actually going to be on the same site as the Connacht, uh, Connacht Hockey. So they'll also have other sports facilities around that they could use and they could take advantage of. Look, again, we've heard of these plans in the past, lads, haven't we, with, with other clubs. It's all, you are just hoping to just go ahead because by the sounds of it, it could be one of the best football facilities that we have here in the country available to us.
2: Bro, uh, Brian, that's 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 dream stuff for you.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I would say the players now would want that hill taken out of it and everything. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a complete nightmare, didn't it? <laughs> but I know it is it is dream stuff like you know, and, and when people are coming, you hear these people coming in investing into investing into clubs, and they come in, it's just the first team. Investing for me is is putting money into the stadium, it's putting money into the underage, it's building facilities. So like these investors when they come and go. The place has just left it the way it was when they arrived, you know, so it's it's all about training facilities, me and, and building stuff, um, uh, working within the, the stadium, but it's investing into the kids, but paying the coaches, getting the best coaches up there, you know, and creating jobs for coaches because these coaches invest so much of their spare time, their money. Like you I mean to get the UEFA pro license could be up to 10 fifteen euro out of your own pocket so they deserve to these coaches deserve to get the opportunity to work in full-time environments if this was to go ahead or part-time environment whatever it may be and i think it'd be fantastic and and, and it's great to see this happening around clubs like even you, we talk about the first division. You've got Waterford, Cork, and Galway are full time. Then we talk about Atalone and Wexford. Now, in fairness to Wexford, they are catching up a little bit, like the likes of Atalone and Cove. I know it's hard for them, but they're going to have to start investing. They're going to have to start pushing, uh, and it'd be it'd be better for the league, you know. Um, but again, it comes down to finances and, and resources, and, and clubs find it hard. And look, it, it, it's all good news and it sounds positive, and I hope it goes ahead for for the Galway people up there because they deserve it.
2: Absolutely yeah. and, and uh Nathan the the brothers are really entangled within that club. They love the club. So yeah. these are they have finances to be clever with their business, but they will spend money because the heart is there as well.
1: Yeah, we said it as well, boy. These lads have made Absolutely vital six figure uh, sums of the past really, decade into Galway United at times, really keeping the doors open at Aim DC Park, which is crazy to say with a club like Galway. Uh, we could say there was sleeping, enjo- how many sleeping giants are in this league? I think that's one of the terms that's overused, isn't it? You know, we only have to look down in the fourth division. How many clubs down there that. The potential and the history of the clubs is, is absolutely phenomenal. But if you have the 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 the, the Coma Group, the Coma Brothers in particular, that are Galway United fans, Galway United natives, lads that have put that money, literally put that money with their mouth is and committed finances to the club to keep to keep it going, and they have an interest of making significant investments into an a, a, a academy structure. You'd be crazy to turn it down, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's great to see, and. No doubt Galway with that backing and that finance in the years to come, maybe ahead of everyone else, because if they have that continuous backing, um, they may. And this is what happens. You see the likes of Dundalk, they get that bit back and they get so many years out of it. And then when the funding comes out of it, then a little bit of a struggle. And you're seeing that for years upon years where. Uh, clubs would have one year where they put a big budget in they'd win the league and next year then they they, they wouldn't again so it shows you how much a budget is important and with Galway if again as I said the the lads have the heart for Galway United it really I really see positive things now here and I think this will be a sensible model that they're going to use albeit they've loads of money to back it up so uh, looking forward to seeing where they go Go away uh, in the Champions League maybe okay
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Nathan, Nathan you uh, you wanted to talk about Shells uh, they announced a strategic partnership with St Moctis
1: we did, yeah, and this is something that, that that's popping up, isn't it? Now, actually, going back to Slug of Rovers, we talked about this a few weeks ago. They had a strategic partnership officially announced with uh, Westport United uh, in Mayo, so a little west of all the link up. But, yeah, we're seeing it here. Shelbourne and St a uh, well-established and well-regarded Dublin club. Uh, so what we'll be looking at is it will give St Moctis players uh, a natural pathway into the underage national leagues. We'll also see St Moctis become a community partners with Shelburne and their uh, Reds Together programme that supports like, the con- continuous uh, positive mental health conversations and well-being uh, within the and world. It's brilliant to see. Uh, we've actually heard from the St Moctez chairman, uh, Trevor Nulti, and he was talking about the opportunity for further player and coaching, education and development and to work, like we said, lads, to work within the communities. So look, I suppose it's it's a good thing I want to bring up now, with Brian, with your or Senior uh, experience and even yourself, Roy, with, with your commitment to the underage Luke and the United system. When I look at these and I, I talked about the positivities of the Sligo and Westport link-up coming from a League of Ireland fan point of view. Is there a little bit of a worry that somewhere, you know, the little guys in this conversation now, now being St. Mocdas, uh, are we looking at it? It's, like this link up here, is it gonna benefit Shellbone more than it's gonna benefit St. Mocdas? Or St. Mocta's gonna get left behind a little bit, do you think?
2: Brian, I'll let you go on first. I have my opinions. You you can go first. Yeah,
1: look, they're
0: um I think if they're done right, they they, they can be a good thing. And I think people do need to be sitting around a, a table. And uh, and talking and we, we, we do all need to be helping each other out. Um, it can't be a closed door. How how, how it's going to be done, I, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know, but I do know a lot about Moxas and, and and they are a really big club yeah. and a fantastic club. And I know Colin Hawkins up there, the work he's doing is fantastic. But I look at say I look at um Bo's linking up with Kevin's and, and this is just from the outside, you correct me if I'm wrong. I think, is it the 13s, 14s, 15s that are St. Kevins um, and 17s they come over to Bowes or something like that. I think that's fantastic because they're a massive club, Kevins. They are and all the best players seem to be going through and I think that link up is fantastic, if I'm being honest with you, because then players, when they're coming back over from England, they already know who's coming back over because the club has been notified because I think it's uh, due diligence. They have to notify the Kevins when they're leaving a player go, when they're coming back so they know before anyone who's who's coming back. And um, so they have to pick on them there. And, and I think they have picked up a couple of lads who have gone into the senior team. So that one works well. So just the one with Moctis, I, maybe on a financial point of view, they play a few games through the year and might have Moctus there. Will they get players coming through? They, they, they might. They might get players coming through. I, I'm not too sure how they're going to work it. Um, it could be a good thing, but it depends how it's worked. I, I look at the Bows one, I think that's a fantastic one. I think uh, Rovers are linked up with Luke and, and, and a couple other, and Pats might be linked up with Cromlin okay, and, yeah. and Belvo, and, and a couple. Um, so are they using them just to get to the better players? I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know how it works. Like, as I said, the one with Kevins and Bows seems to be a really, really good one. Um they can be a positive. They can, but 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 also I've seen them over the years where they've gone in league with League of Ireland clubs, and two years time they're, they're gone out of it, and then it's another one coming through. But I do think certainly they, they need to be sitting around having a chat. But look, it, it's good though. Shells they have Colin Hawkins there, and they, they, they'll know the good players coming through, and they can surely pick the uh, mock this players over to that. But I think they could have done that anyway.
1: Like yep. do you remember Brian, like everyone seems to go back to the famous uh, home farm and everything linked up years yeah. ago. Don't you? And that how disastrous that was. Um, yeah. Going to let Roy in because I can see him bleeding, brimming away.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's listen. One of the big things is League of Ireland clubs are donkey's years behind the the local clubs at bringing kids football up through the ranks they have no knowledge uh, that there's no knowledge but they have no foundations or no basis on bringing kids from you know very small academy up through under eights all the way up uh, and where they are now is at the that 15s probably not even the 13s because that that hasn't even accelerated yet but so they need that link up they haven't and and it's, it's such a big financial cost to go and and put, so, if, if St. Pat's turn around and, and have teams all the way down to under eights, the financial cost of that is going to cost them. So, it's better for them to have a club and link up with them. But there has to be a, a mutual agreement there that they're, you know, if, 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 if Brian is with, I don't know, say... We'll say St. Moctis. Brian's with St. Moctis. He has an under-8s team and an academy that he's looking after. And then they go all the way up through. And you get three or four players that eventually go through to uh, the senior team there with Shells. There has to be... There's a lot of hours. a lot of time that's been put into those kids. And for the likes of Shelbourne, if an English club or now an Italian club or a Spanish club come in and, and they take those players... and and they get money for that, it needs to trickle back down into these clubs as well. And so there needs to be an agreement there. So I don't know what the agreement is with St Moctis and Shells. Uh, But St Moctis need to have something in place there so that they can run as a club and improve their facilities, uh, improve everything, uh, the coaches, uh, the coaching structures within their clubs. Uh, And it needs to to be beneficial financially for everyone involved. That's the way I would say it. If it's not, you're in the wrong deal, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 Amen.
2: Okay, Nathan. So I shut you up there, Nathan. I thought you were gonna come back there and, and, and No. No. <laughs> no,
1: no, nothing really else to add. Like, like like I was all coming from a from a League of Ireland point of view rather than a Lentz or scene. Yeah, but like I, mean, I know it's like, like the League of Ireland, like it's obvious they're gonna go in and cherry pick the best players. Brian, you mentioned James at banquet earlier, and one of one of hmm. the pats one of the connections pats have with Chevy Orchard, and that's where James came from. So these are natural links that are gonna be used up by these League of Ireland clubs it was just it was always something that even reading them out and even reading out that statement there where you know St. Marks are gonna help out shells with a community development group and St. Martins are gonna provide shells with, with these top young players. i often just wondered and while well, you two guys were here when your connection with underage and Lens of Senior football, like what, what are the what's the so called amateur clubs gonna get out of these deals?
2: well that's that's exactly what it has to be it has to be it has to be mutually beneficial and that's for for the likes of st pat's rovers shells uh bows they are in turn getting the chance to help out the club in a way that their experience can help them out with the structures that need to be in place in clubs to to bring them on to a maybe semi-professional professional uh level but also they 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 are going to give the the clubs the opportunity for them kids to go away, which also encourages others to go to St Moctis and Lucan and all that. So it's a revolving door where you you benefit from it. As long as everyone keeps to their uh, side of the deal, then it it should work out. But I mean, if it's if it's a case that the the league of Ireland clubs you know have their cake and eat it then it's it's a bad deal and um you know i think the league of Ireland clubs it's a great thing for them and i think they should look at it as something positive and very fortunate for them to have because they said it'd be very expensive for them if they have to do it on their own so just
0: just on the one you were saying though about they go in and 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 they help the coaches and improve the coaches the work that Mock is doing and Colin Hawkins and them, they've got some very, very good coaches in there. I don't look I'm sure maybe you might need to help Colin Hawkins in in there. I think they can upskill their own coaches in there. And I think with the FEI they can upskill it, you know. So As, as you were talking
2: team, about before, Brian, though, I was nearly nearly talking about maybe even financially helping them with yeah. the, the youth levels. the you because yeah. you what you will get is I know in these clubs that you will get a lot of parents who have a high interest in football, maybe even decent knowledge of football, mm. but they have never been out coaching and managing teams. And it's very hard for these clubs to get people, coaches in just to manage an under eight side and just to manage an under nine side because yeah. you financially can't do that, you know. So yeah. uh, it's normally the parents who do it. So if you can help those get their their small sided games and, you know, cover coaching yeah. or whatever it is then brilliant, you know, and, yeah. and, and that, so it's kind of that kind of way just to help, help them yeah. start off the academy. They, normally they put all their money into an academy to, to, to encourage them from, you know, four years old to up to eight years old uh, on manipulating the ball and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then when they go into the small side of games, yes, you'll probably have one team that stands out and then the others are, are, you know, local teams, if you want to call them or uh, social teams or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, but you still need to try and progress them and and and, and develop them. So you're not going to get you financially cannot get coaches in to do that, mm-hmm. although you would love to do that. So you're going to have to educate the the people, the good people who are in the club. Yeah. So that's that's yes. that's what I would see there. Um. Okay. Uh, Nathan, we had a, a Kenny Shields during the week making some controversial marks. Remarks saying women are more emotional than men on the pitch. Uh, Former Dirty City boss was labelled as sexist with plenty of backlash, uh, including from James McLean. Just on it's not really on that topic but just on the nature of the media and the manager uh, i might go to you actually brian how do you find because it, of course the, it, he was lashed out of it was in everything every media outlet all, all over the place and they were they were hunting for them like like they w- would do on any sort of i suppose uh, news story how did you find the the cutthroat nature of the manager and media relationship
0: i would look come I mean, here well from my personal experience well, look, come here. Um, it was grand, you know, um, I just found the online stuff, like, um, look, as I said, it wasn't on social media, but people would come back and screenshot things and send it to your WhatsApp here, look at this, what he said, you know, and you'd be like, I, I don't want to see any, I'm in work, it's yeah. a Monday morning, yeah. you know, that, that kind of stuff, it, it, it will get in on you, people say it, do, it doesn't, it got in on me over, over time, like, you know what I mean, like people, they, they don't know what you're doing, it, within the club, how hard you're working, but yet they're having pops at you, uh, online and they don't know it, and and when you read and it's out there, it, it comes across worse. It does, but going back to with, with what happened with Kenny there, like um, look, he, he wasn't wise with what he said. Let's be honest, and I, I'd say yeah. he's he's regretted it, and rightly so. But the, I see the captain came out with a statement, and he just she she was saying that look, they had a team meeting and they were talking about uh, being emotionally uh so to do with emotions, and and that's where he was coming from. So. Maybe he was a bit emotional after the game. and He came out and said the wrong things, like you know. Yeah. But it was good to see the captain back him, and we all make mistakes. And look, I know people want to jump on him. Look, if he apologised and, and the girls were willing to accept it, it as in the girls in, in his team, you know, I, I would be too. Like you know. But again, look, he, it's something he shouldn't have said, um, but he did say it. And uh, in fairness, the girls came out and just, they mentioned uh, the team talk that they were doing. And I think they'll all move on because I, I wouldn't think he is sexist being involved in the game. I think he's trying to help the girls up there. A wealth of experience, a great manager uh, to be involved in in the women's games, you know. So um, hopefully everyone can move on from it like, and um, and all the best to him
1: yeah it was was definitely a bit sorry right it was definitely a bit uh inappropriate wasn't it given his position Mm -hmm. and everything but that's the way it like it can be a bit of a landmine at the moment in the water like instant news and uh yeah even you know the the way so you said with social media it's it's the sort of bandwagon mentality isn't it that it's we 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 do i don't know it's a generational generational thing where, where the younger generation like myself like where it's Contro- it's easy to create great controversy now, isn't it? It's very easy to yeah. jump on these, you know. People that have probably never watched a Nord Nord women's game, people probably don't even know Kenny Shields is all of a sudden, you know, making some uh, some big, big yeah. labels on them um, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like I said, look, it's inappropriate. It's definitely an idiotic thing to say. Without getting too much into it, it was definitely uh, an idiotic thing to say, but yeah. I'd say it is. I'd say it can be difficult trying to manage uh, that sort of media. And like I said, people saying you just don't read the comments, but it's, it's yeah, quite exactly.
0: difficult isn't it but come here look at, like Waterford are going through a tough patch down there uh, uh, at the minute I've uh, no doubt they get out of it but the fella said to me the other day no wonder they're getting back, uh, there's a, there, I won't mention his name he, he was out drinking and I said Yeah, he's married he's got kids he played a match he went out for a beer after the game
1: he's an adult took, yeah.
0: Like he, he shouldn't and I'm like are you for real yeah. so he's, he's out for a beer Like he's not going to a nightclub he's probably a three, four, five 4, 5 beers max he might have went home and had some so what if he yeah. did no, and no doubt he was up there minding his kids the next day, bringing them off the um. So, but this is the mentality of people. Mm. He's not allowed out for a beer. He's not allowed out on wine with his wife.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've and seen it as well. Point like being out, you know, like uh, even back when I'm back home to Dublin, you, you see like a Pats player out, out in town, or anybody always shells Rovers, and people approaching them saying, "Does the club know you're out?" Like yeah, lads, one the man. lads, <laughs> the lads in the twenties and thirties. like I said, with kids and houses and. <laughs> you don't Nathan, have to ask. With
2: the over in the West Sligo, like, what's the media like there? I know, um you know there's been tr- some tricky times for Sligo, and even over the last couple of weeks, uh, how did they react? See, it's um, and even the fans on social media, like yeah, Brian was yeah.
1: The, um, I say a lot of times, I think the Sligo fan base, I'm not just saying it because you know I don't want to get shot next time I go into town. Uh, it's a cracking fan base in, in terms of the like the fundraising and the commitment that you put into it. But I feel, and I think we've seen it last year, and I think what I'm starting to see now a little bit again, where uh, Liam Buckley's job is being called for, the head is being called for. I don't think it'd be ridiculous to get re- with Liam Buckley here in Sligo Rovers. I think he's, he's doing a brilliant job. Like. If it's even this, just take this season, we won't go back into last year or whatever, just take this year as an isolated. If you look at the squad from the end of the last season to the squad of this season, it's been depleted. There's no way you're looking at it. You can't lose players like Johnny Kenny and John Matton I, I, I it not be depleted. But they're still there in four positions. They're still doing well. They're still in that European hunt. So it's like every other club, I, I think... It'll, it'll, Fan fan bases doesn't change around the country. A lot of them are very quick to jump on after a couple of run of games. In terms of the the media coverage, it's obviously on a, on a smaller scale. Here in Sligo, there's only two major newspapers and the coverage is it's much better than what we would get in Dublin, like saying that being a local newspaper, it's got it's always going to be. But as a whole, in terms of fan base and social media coverage, yeah, it's not much different at all. It really, really isn't. It's just a uh, more of a community aspect when you're look, looking at the papers. There's more deep dives into, you know, interview, more hands-on interviews with players and, and things of that nature.
2: Ian Morris was either sacked or mutually agreed. We, we never really know in these, these days, but definitely he's not the Waterford United manager anymore. Uh, first question, Brian, do you want the job? Uh, second question, <laughs> why, again, is there so many uh, different managerial Options available to Waterford on a look, constant basis.
0: I, I don't know. Look, they, they, I'm sure they have someone lined up, and maybe from the UK um, to come over. Just, just the one on Ian. Like, um, look, I know I, I might come across the same as defending managers the whole time. Um, Ian came in the week of Christmas. Um, I mean, Mark Burcham was sacked before the playoff game, so they had a couple of months to put a manager in place. Mm. When Ian came, the the squad was signed up. Um, the majority of the players were signed up, um, and he he had lads on trial, and he signed a couple of them. I don't know did he bring them in himself. I, I don't know, Ian personally, um, you know, and and he signed a couple of them. Was it his squad? I, I far from it. I wouldn't have thought um it was his squad, um, because he inherited that team. Um look I, I I've been to the games I have the fans went after him early doors um just so we were living in 10 games like for, for, from a business point of view and a football point of view I I I think Waterford are going to get to a playoff a minimum a playoff with, with the squad they have this year I think they could have just back in, came out and made a statement saying look you know like we need to hold hands up here you know we didn't give him sole control we signed a lot of these players maybe he didn't want them um we're going to back him. We're going to let him bring players in this window. We're going to let him bring players in January, and now we and, and then we'll, we'll we'll sit down and we'll assess it. Um, because um, I just think ten games. It, they went through a bad a bad period, and and he gets sacked. It's not nice to see. Like he's won the league twice. Um, I seen a lot of similarities these the way Waterford were playing with shells, but probably the difference was is these long diagonal balls Kevin O'Connor going into Mikey when it was two different players in a for and that ball wasn't coming off. Um, You know, is that Ian's fault? You know, is the players, you know, I think, I think, I think everybody needs to be held accountable here from the committee to the management and to the players. And and, and this can solely be on Ian. And I, again, for, from my point of view, I know the fans, if any of them listening to this be saying, what's he on about? You know, what does he know? I just think 10 games, um, you know, it's, it, it's it's not a lot. It's, no. it's not a lot. And
2: it, it does sound like a bit of a, a, a panic after losing to Cork and uh, again yeah. to Galway. So it looks like a bit of a panic that maybe we're not good enough to compete with these and we need to get someone else in who will compete with them. And as you said... Uh, you know, everyone goes through a little dodgy period in, in in a league campaign, and with the playoffs being the playoffs, anything is possible in this league. So, give them time, it doesn't make we're, sense. We're now, just
0: on that one as well, like Colin Healy, Colin Healy, this time last year, Be yeah. sitting, sitting above Wexford. Um, this time last year, you know, and I spoke to Colin, and, and, and they've invested and they backed him at the top of the table. He's doing a tr- terrific job. Yeah. Sean Caulfield has been up in, in Galway two and a half years again, he's doing a fantastic job. You know, and uh, look, they could have just gave him a, a little bit more time. But uh, look, the fans, the fans went after him, and and Warford fans are, they hard fans to please. You know, and um, but look, all the best to him, and look, it's a great club, and I'll be back down. I'll be up in Wexford on Friday supporting them, and hopefully they get the win up there. You know, and hopefully the next manager comes in, he's given time, he's given support. Off the off the committee and this, this tough knee-jerk reaction of fifteen managers in ten years and six managers since Rennie left, I think yeah, you know it—it's it, 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 madness. You need to have a plan in place. And, and back the manager, And as I said, when you go through a tough time, it's not the reaction. Yeah, we'll sack them. We'll get somebody else in. Yeah. You know, everyone take accountability. You know, and get through the tough part and see where you are in yeah. in, in, in three months' time.
2: I agree absolutely. And uh, Nathan, I'd let you talk about this, but we're running out a little bit of time, and I want to get the fans' question in.
1: Yeah, we get it in because it was gone missing for a few weeks, wasn't it? We couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get, we couldn't get a question for love, no money. And we still really couldn't. I had to badger one of my mates. To sort, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, nice one, Rob. Uh, Rob Ralph sorted us out there with a question this week. He said, um, now he caveat saying that he's seen this during the rounds on other, this question in particular during the rounds on other League of Oilers fan pages. So he couldn't even come up with a bleeding original question to, to send us <laughs> in. But however, he says, in the prime, who was the better player between Jason Bourne and Glenn Crow? Brian, this is all yours. Oh Jesus, there's a Goody, one for you. Um, I would have played it. I would have played against Jason a couple of times
0: and he was starting out. What a player he was. Um and believe it or not, when when, when Bose went through that successful period with, with Glenn, I was then watching him an awful lot. I was living in Dublin. Um I don't know if I had to pick one, could not have two of them.
2: No, your budget doesn't stretch that far. Um,
0: <laughs> it's a tough one, probably. Probably Glenn Crow for me.
2: There you go, Nathan. What's
1: your thoughts? Oh, I hated the bleeding period, of equally so um. <laughs> you wouldn't take uh, it. Either. <laughs> oh, no, look, it's um, like I was even looking at it like they both won the same at the league titles, both won the same at FEI Cups, both won the same amount of PFEI Player, of the Player's Player of the Year award. So you can't really go off. <laughs> Honors and, and, and things like that, but yeah, it, it was pick out of two. Do You know, I will go the other side. I go with Jason Bourne just in terms of longevity. Like Brian was saying, like that's some mm. career, isn't it? Like he, I wouldn't remember. It was only I think, three in ninety eight when he came when he came along with Brave Wanderers. But yeah, natural goal scorer, second all second isn't he, in the all time League of Ireland goal scorer list behind the great Brendan Bradley. So yeah, I will go with Jason, even though I hate the period. Of as a fan, okay.
2: Naturally. I <clears throat> I won't go and decide it. Uh, we we'll leave it the way they are because, as as Brian said, that two quality players, they, not yeah. much between Great them, and uh, they'd be worth a few quid now playing at the moment. If uh, look at Shamrock Rovers now, no nothing against the strikers that they have, but they could do with a top top. Finisher, And if they had one of them, that team would be well, unstoppable, really, in all fairness. So, uh, yes, they're hard to get strikers. And uh, we will be doing a, a, a coaching discussion, a coaching debate over the next few months. We'll be doing one once a month. And uh, uh, one of the questions very well may be what makes, uh, how do you coach a, a good striker? Or how do you make a good striker? Um, Brian, you might think about that one because that's, uh, that's obviously one that's baffling the country because we don't have too many coming out. <laughs> no, and I, hear, I,
0: I heard Tony Cotty um, on a podcast there the other day and he was saying, he goes, he found uh, finishing easy. He said the, all the other parts were the hardest thing, running, closing down, this, that. He said the, the finishing was the easy part. So I think it's a right. natural thing, isn't I it? Think think so. it? I think
2: so. No, I think you're probably right. You can probably... Yeah, you can probably sharpen it, but you're probably right. It's, it's probably a, a natural thing. Okay, we're going to leave it there. Uh, Brian, thanks very much for your time. It's been brilliant having you on. Nathan, yeah. thank you very much as well. And to everyone that's listening, thanks for listening. And whoever's watching, thanks very much for watching. We'll be on again next week.